Oh my god, I gotta stop saying the word like Jesus. Um, yeah, amateur. <laughs> it's amazing how much like taking the summer off has like gotten me out of my you game where like I thought I, I was. Too... Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> Tech Hockey Guide presents the Chasing McNaughton Podcast, covering the Michigan Tech Huskies and the WCHA with your host, Tim Brown, Rob Gilreath, and Dustin Lindstrom. Welcome to episode three of the second season of the Chasing McNaughton Podcast. This week, it's just the regular crew again, which includes Dustin Lindstrom. Hey, guys. And Rob Gilreath. Hello. This week, we're going to discuss the the Alabama Huntsville news, the state of college hockey, the fact that games have actually started. Uh, we'll review some, some things from the Joe Sean Hour and preview the LSSU series. Anything big I'm missing, guys? I don't think so. No, it sounds about right. I got some pasty stuck in my teeth. <laughs> All right, let's do the thank you notes plus a brief note from our sponsor, and we'll come back and talk about Alabama Huntsville. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Welcome back. So the the biggest news, well, one of the things that happened shortly after the podcast recorded last week was Alabama Huntsville was supposed to have a statement. They did have a statement, and it turns out that it sounds like they have a pretty solid investment for, was it a decade, guys? Yeah, it's a fairly de- decent amount of time. I didn't see a time. I just saw that it was a, a statement. Well, I think whoever... Yeah, whoever was investing is donating like eleven million dollars over the next decade for the program, or seventeen million, or something. Was is that what it was? I think it was seventeen. Seventeen yeah. million, but it's over the next decade, so they basically have like a baseline budget of like one point seven million dollars from from this funding. Yeah, the comment uh, that I saw that it was just simply that it is not a short term fix. This is a this is a long-term fix to make them stable, which is good. Mm-hmm. No, I think it's good. I still don't know what's going to come of all of that because you've basically, you've got Alabama Huntsville, or I mean, I'm sorry, uh, Alaska Anchorage is, you know, already said that they're not, they're basically done after this season. We'll get to the other news there in a minute, but Anchorage is gone. Fairbanks is still there. Huntsville is getting an investment. I don't really know what that means for that school. I mean, I guess if they can get competitive and get this investment and get an on-campus arena, which is what part of this is talking about too, right? Like that's still in the works and 
potentially happening. I don't know. I don't know if I saw anything specific about that or not, though. Okay. In what I've read, but I still don't see where they fit in. If they can be competitive, maybe it's not that much of a stretch for them to be able to get games because Arizona State gets games now. Is that because you're you're talking about playing a program that has more, even if it doesn't have the hockey tradition. Arizona State hasn't had a problem getting games. I don't know how much of that is because they have name recognition, even if it isn't in hockey, and they are like a Pac-12 school. And it hasn't really been shown to hurt you pairwise to play them, right? Right. Uh, I think most of it is name recognition. Yeah, I mean, they're not a traditional hockey school, but everybody that is even a remote sports fan, college sports fan in the country, knows who Arizona State is. They don't need to be a right. hockey school to be like a, a household recognized name, you know. I, I think that's a huge advantage. They're a huge school, and they're a member of one of the big football conferences, right? I mean, mm-hmm. it's uh, everybody knows who they are, and they're an easy place to get to in terms of flights. Phoenix has flights from you know pretty much every airport in the country. It seems the, like flies I think that there. might be one of the bigger things that hurts right. Huntsville. Is Phoenix is a major airport. There's a lot of direct flights from a lot of places. Huntsville. Apples to apples is quite possibly one of the worst airports to fly into because it's all government contract people. So flights are almost always way out of whack compared to anywhere else, like a comparable flight to somewhere else just because of the nature of the business there that most of the people flying in and out of there are doing it for business. So somebody else is paying the bill. So those flights have always been inflated. And that's why pretty much any time... I've ever looked at going to games down there. It's been flying into Nashville and driving or or going the Misfits route and just driving, period. I do think that hurts Huntsville, but it's hard to know how much. And at the same time, I think if they're a team that can get to a point where they're not killing your pairwise just because you played them, that maybe they'll be fine. I don't know. It, it's hard to say. It's nice to see they have the commitment, but I still don't. It's not like they're getting into the WCHA because of this or the the CCHA, right? Yeah, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what happens there. They could get themselves to be relevant, but it's going to take a lot of work. Even even with this, you know, additional funding and additional commitment, it's going to take a ton of work to get there. They don't have the added built-in advantages that an Arizona State does. No. Because even if you're just looking at... uh, Even if you took away, like, the Arizona State name, I do think it's still a bigger advantage to play them. Because who doesn't want to go to Tempe in January? Who doesn't want to go to Huntsville in January? I don't know. Huntsville just doesn't quite have the same... Like, it's probably way nicer weather, but it's still not, like, the... Now, every time I say it and I hear it, I, like, pause. <laughs> <laughs> they've got... Uh, and even th- they've got spaceships, even, though. Yeah, they do yeah, have the rocket stuff. Redstone's there. 
Yeah. That's way more interesting to me than the middle of the desert. Agreed. Yeah. Less old people. So, they have a 10-year commitment. In those 10 years, is Huntsville in a conference? I would think so. Where, though, I just don't know. I mean, that's the hardest part of that. I think they are going to be in a conference because I still think it comes down to this overall reshuffling is not done yet. Yeah, but where do they shuffle to? I mean, the CCHA really is the only fit, and part of the consolidation of the CCHA to what it is is to get it to being a reasonable travel league, as reasonable as you can get within the Midwestern footprint. So does Huntsville ever fit into that space or not? I don't know if the answer is yes to that. I, I, I think there's going to be more shuffling that happens out east. They've got LIU. Um, hasn't there recently been some rumblings about Navy? That's been going on for about 15 years. Yeah. I, I know it's been going on for a long time, but I thought just within the last couple of months or last few months, it's kind of bubbled up again. Yeah, there's a little bit of, of rumblings about that on Twitter the last month or so, but I don't know if if even with that reshuffling, everything is so f- it's still so far away from Huntsville that do they make sense geographically for any of those schools or leagues to want them to come in there either? And we all know that being an independent, unless you're in Arizona State style where people can travel to you easily, just doesn't doesn't work well long term. It, de- it I mean it depends if they're competitive. A league is going to take them if they're competitive, yeah, no, and, they're that's not, for sure. and they're not, and they're going to, you know, be a positive on the pairwise side. That a league will take them, so it's all going to depend on what they do between now and then, for a competitive standpoint. And the other thing is, it, it could always happen that Mankato actually leaves. Maybe somebody else from the new CCHA leaves, and the CCHA is left with six teams. And Fairbanks and Huntsville are doing okay to good. And they're both welcome back with new restrictions that they can implement when they're not chasing their tail in survival mode like they were when all of this went down the last time. So I, I, I agree to a point, but I think it's one or the other. Two of those trips in a league like the CCHA is not going to be okay. One trip, which means you're doing it three out of every four years, sure, that's not a big deal. I don't think they're going to accept one or the other. So maybe it's a race between the two of them to for whoever's more viable. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. And and we have to put COVID into this whole thing to really think about is a school like Navy going to add a program? I guess Navy kind of an exception in what they are, but as a service academy that maybe it's a little different, but it's going to be hard to see other schools adding programs. I mean, LAU is such an outlier that I don't see that yeah, kind I don't of think thing anybody, happening. Nobody saw them coming in as the next new college hockey team, that's for sure. And they, And in some respects, they do hurt. Huntsville's chances of getting a conference because they they make more sense to be the new 12th team for Atlantic hockey long term. But who really knows? But there's a possibility, as we've said in other podcasts, that not every team that exists today and hasn't said they're 
folding after this season makes it. So there's always that possibility that Atlantic Hockey will have another seat or another chair to fill because somebody loses a program or who knows where that happens, but it could happen anywhere. I mean, I mean, our next topic is the fact that, what, seven new teams? Well, I guess we can start with uh, Alaska Anchorage canceled their season. They're likely done for good because they already said that they're not playing next year. I'm sure they'll still make a push to to try and work on that. But between them and then the next thing is RPI announced today that they're not going to play this year. And the Ivy League already announced that they're not going to play this year. So that's seven teams out of the ECAC that are not playing hockey this year. There's the potential for three more teams from the Liberty League that we talked about last week not playing this year as well. But who knows when that'll happen, if it'll happen. But the ECAC is already down to five teams. The season hasn't even started yet. WCHA is down to nine. And I don't I don't think they're going to probably make any changes to the schedule. They'll just play it as is. And I'm guessing the WCHA will be free to play non-conference games on what was supposed to be their Anchorage weekend. But it's hard to say. I really hope we get a 7th and 8th game against Northern. <laughs> well, well, that won't be happening because Northern will be playing somebody else that weekend because there's only one team that's free to play now. Hmm. And you can't, we basically can't play a WCHA team that weekend. It's going to have to be somebody outside. So maybe well, we'll be playing Duluth or something. With the, the amount of teams that have dropped it in ECAC, that brings into question how they're going to do even, you know, the, the format's not set for the the playoffs yet this year, right? But now that they're down to five teams, technically they wouldn't get an auto bid with the old system either at that point, right? So, you know, it's... I wouldn't think that plays into it. I have a feeling it. that gets waived this year, but... I don't even know if that plays into it, because if you had a six-team conference and you had a situation like... Uh, Fairbanks did a while ago where they were not allowed to participate that it still would whoever won that league would still get the auto bid so I don't think yeah. that plays into it because it's basically they're forfeiting all their games you could treat it that way if you wanted and, sure, and, for, sure. and for years after the CHA fell below that that threshold they were grandfathered in they all joined yeah. that league with the correct amount of teams so Fair even enough. when there were four teams in the CHA, one of those teams was getting an auto bid. I think it'd be a similar I still, situation. I still don't think that the playoffs format is going to be normal this year anyways. It's going to be something weird that's going to anger everybody in the end. It's going to be the old smoke-filled room, I can guess already. Yeah. And we're going to end up with like seven teams from the MCHC. In. So back to Anchorage. Do we do we think they play next year at all? I think they're done. You think Anchorage, they're done? No, I have a feeling they're done. There's been it, it, it's been too many times. I mean, they've been it seems like they've been saved from the chopping block how many times already? Whether you know who knows how close they were, but I I I would say that if the CCHA was not happening next year, that they would have come back for one more season. But because that's happening, I don't see them coming back. Does that I think make it'll sense? Be, it'll be interesting to see what happens in terms of player transfers here over the next couple of weeks, like Joe had mentioned. 
Um, they're supposed to hear more about that, I think, in the next couple weeks he was saying on the show today. So anything else you guys want to say about any of the programs that aren't playing this season? I feel I like bad how, for them. I like how last week's cold open is already like past due because it was about you, Rob, saying something about the Ivy starting late. Now they're not playing at all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm not surprised, though. I'm not either. Yeah. I'm actually kind of surprised it took them this long to say it. I mean, I'm surprised. I'm surprised at this point that even some leagues that aren't, you know, Big Ten with the big money behind it that can afford to, you know, go through with the season without having fans. I mean, this is going to be a big dent from a budget perspective for any program that's not having fans in the stands. So it's it's interesting that teams are even going through with the season as is with what's happening. Yeah, I'm. I'm not going to at all be surprised if we get a handful more teams that don't end up playing this year. But it, it'll be interesting to see where they come from. I, Who knows? I don't think you'll see... I mean, can you think of another CCA or WCHA team that won't play? WCHA teams? I don't yeah. think so. No. Especially if it's keeping to the small footprint that things are looking to go toward anyway with the CCHA, right? I mean, the the costs for travel this year are already starting to go down, so. Yep. I think that that plays a big part in it. Maybe Fairbanks, just because they're losing so many games against their close rival, and is it even worth it? I don't know. but Yeah, I've not heard anything about them uh, leaning toward canceling or not. I don't know what the situation in Air- in Anchorage is compared to Fairbanks from a COVID perspective. I think a lot of it now is you have to be concerned as a program if you cancel your season and some of these NCA rules go ahead, you could just lose players because they, like, why wouldn't a player go back to juniors this year if juniors are playing and transfer? Yep. Or transfer now and sit out and play either later this year if a rule happens that they let you play starting in January or you play next year. At least then you're practicing and everything else. Like It's a big disadvantage now, I think, to be the one that cancels. I know the Ivy League doesn't care, but... But especially if you're a team that's on the upswing, like we think Tech is, you have a lot to lose as far as talent goes when... You have a lot of talented freshmen, a lot of talented sophomores that could potentially transfer, could potentially just decide they want to go play in the ECHL. It, other, you know, if if you were at the top and it's looking like you're kind of on the downswing and you're going to start to you know rebuild everything, you don't lose a whole lot. No, and maybe you get rid of some of the bad eggs that you didn't want anyway. But you're right. Like Michigan Tech, if they do something. If their season gets canceled for some reason, what do you think happens to Carson Bantle? Yeah, Bantle goes back to juniors and probably never comes to Tech, and who knows, maybe what, what happens and... to and Kateroth could go back to Sweden and start playing in the elite league and not be able to play uh-huh. junior college anymore. Like it, it's pretty, it's quite possible that some of these guys leave and never come back if there's no season. Yeah, players like like Brett, uh, Bliss and Bretsman could easily go to the 
the ECHL and start their pro careers. Yeah. So a, a team like Tech has a lot riding on being able to play. In, uh, at least, the, I mean, it, you can't be the one that's going out there and making the choice to do it before everybody else. But Because oh. we've already seen a lot of talk about how many... Uh, kids that might have normally been major junior are actually choosing the USHL because Ontario Hockey League is talking about no check to meet the requirements of of their provincial rules. Which is just silly. Don't even play. I agree. Take the year off. But they're trying to find a way to play. So these kids who are draft eligible this year are getting the heck out of there if they have the opportunity and go play in the USHL or something like that, because they want that opportunity to be playing the game that they should be to, to look good for scouting Mm -hmm. for their draft prospect. I don't blame them for doing it. I would too, if I was a prospect. Yeah. And if Bantle hadn't been drafted, it'd be the same situation for him where he just wants to be playing games to look good, to get drafted. So that's a definite issue that, could play into all of this. I I don't really know who else. I have a feeling somebody else will cancel their season. And it seems most likely that it's the remaining teams from the Liberty League. But at this point, when you're already down to five teams in the ECAC, maybe it makes sense that those five teams find a way to play because they know their odds of making the tournament are that much better this year if you get there. And maybe to make sense for everything else, ECAC is the one that ends up taking on LIU for the sake of balancing schedules, and that fixes Atlantic hockey too. But there's still a lot of time left that we could have some games here in November and everything could get shut down again. I don't. It, it'll be really interesting to see because I wouldn't be surprised if if the NCAA shuts down the tournament again like they did last year. Who knows? Yeah, I, have, I don't know. I don't know if we'll see the complete shutdown like happened in March, where things are so unknown, right? I mean, at this point, the teams are getting tested on a fairly regular basis, right? And even Joe mentioned on the show they're all going for COVID testing. I think this morning or something. I think, but I don't. I don't think we're gonna see the mass shutdown of everything style we saw in March happen again. Uh, I don't, I don't, I don't expect that type of scenario to happen, but if, you know, a team does have an outbreak or whatever and has to cancel games for a certain amount of time, quarantine for a certain amount of time or can't play, that's what I think ends up happening more than just the, okay, season's done thunk. And the, just some, you know, the, some of the schools are having their administration shut things down, right? That's, that's what's happened to the teams we've talked about already. I don't. I don't think the teams that are playing now are that's going to happen, or, or teams that are going forward with playing now that that style of shutdown is going to happen. You're either going to decide to shut down before the season starts, or you're going through you know with the team testing and, and having delays here and there. But going forward with the season, I would think you're probably right. We we know a little more now than we did last year, but at the same time, if things keep progressing the way that they are right now, and we have the level of infection that is quite possible to have post or post Thanksgiving, post Christmas, 
it's going to be really odd for me to think that it makes any sense for college athletes to be playing anymore. Not that they won't find a way to gut through it, but it's not like college hockey is this gold mine. There's no tickets getting right. sold. So I I want to watch games. Don't I'm not going to lie and say I don't like I'm really looking forward to watching the games this weekend. I'm looking forward to being able to watch tech and listen to Dirk. But it is really a struggle for me to see how this really makes any sense. At least with college football and col- and college basketball, you know how much money they're still getting from TV and everything. So it'll be interesting to see how that goes, but there's plenty more time to talk about that because I'm sure it'll get we'll we'll have more info as the season goes on and see how it plays out and see how many games are getting canceled. We already had LIU's first game ever got postponed due to COVID concerns, didn't it? Yeah, at Army. Yeah. So that got postponed, I think, not canceled, right? Postponed? Anyway. Oh, I don't remember. That game got postponed this weekend or canceled. We're not 100% sure on which, but we did actually have games this weekend. Wisconsin, uh, who did they play even? Notre Dame. No, Wisconsin, Notre Dame. Robbie Baydoon between the pipes, and he got a shutout and a sweep over Notre Dame. Did you guys watch any of that? Yeah, I watched some of the game on Friday. I did not. It was... um... Yeah, he he played pretty well. I didn't get the impression that he was being real tested, and in you know the shocker of the century, it seemed like Wisconsin actually played a little defense. <laughs> but which is weird, considering how many times we saw them play under Eaves. But huh, it's just a weird time. Um, but yeah, they uh, he played pretty well. I thought. Yeah, it'll be really interesting to see how his season goes at Wisconsin. He was always a guy, from my perspective, he was always the guy since he got to Tech that could steal a game. But even in, like, all throughout his career, he was really good at having a stinker where he'd just give up five and it wasn't pretty at all. It'll be interesting to see if Wisconsin has found a way to get him away from those games. And if that does somehow happen, it, it'll be kind of interesting. I'm just intrigued to see how Baydoon does at Wisconsin because it's not like he's got an easy schedule. Is there are a lot of good teams on his schedule. And, and he's got a good team in front of him, too, to some extent. So it'll be interesting to see how it all plays out. And if he does really well, I do kind of look at it as an indictment of how Joe has handled goaltending that he couldn't get that out of Baidun himself, really. Well, I hadn't thought of it that way, but I kind of agree when you mention it. We've always thought the way he's handled goalies has been a little interesting, to say the least, right? He's, I think he's kind of struggled to figure out how to do it. And I think part of that for him has always been that he's never had... He's never really had two goalies playing well at the same time that he could really hold his primary accountable. And he talked about that a little bit last year, right? Where Jerusik was kind of getting a little full of himself thinking it's all him and nobody else can get a win. So if I'm not playing, you can't pull me from the game coach. Cause I'm the only one that can win. 
then he finally gets a win out of uh, Piedela, and and it kind of changes that mentality. Yep. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how it plays out in Wisconsin. And sometimes you just need a change of scenery. But I do think it's kind of a referendum on Joe's handling of the goalies to see how the three guys at in tech do and how Baydoon does somewhere else. But that'll be interesting. Then the other series that happened this weekend was Michigan playing against Arizona State. We had a little discussion about this on our Slack chat about just how dominant Michigan was. And one of our guys came in and posted a quote, House of Sparky, which I guess is a ASU hockey blog. Powers was quoted as saying, and Powers is the head coach at Arizona State. I don't know if college hockey has ever seen a more talented on paper in a decade than this team. I really don't. If I'm wrong, tell me. We've played everybody in six years. We haven't seen anyone like that. We haven't, and in my opinion, they probably have the best goalie in college hockey, talking about Michigan and and Mel Pearson's team. I, It'll be interesting to see how they do. Obviously, it's just one weekend, but they were dominant. I know um, Mike, our columnist, was in there, the old dog, talking about some stuff and said he guessed that Saturday's Corsi was probably something like 90% for Michigan. Their two their two two game series Corsi was like sixty seven I think, and seventy five when the score was close. So it's uh, they're a very dominant team. They have a lot of depth. It's it's uh, maybe it's a good thing we don't have a GLI this weekend to get our butts kicked by them or this this season. So, but I don't know. Did did you guys watch any of those games at all? No. No, I didn't. The only ones I watched I, were Wisconsin. Okay. My mind was not in college hockey mode this weekend. I forgot it was starting, to be honest, until I was looking <laughs> at Twitter and went, oh, that's right. It's time for that, like, finally. No, that, more than likely, Michigan's biggest concern is going to be major jun- or is world junior stuff, right? How many players they lose, how long they lose them, if he lets that Canadian kid go to training camp or whatever. Um, yeah, that was a, a a big kerfuffle there for a while. Yeah. Did you see what Mel's final take on why he said he might not let him go right away? He no, claimed I did it, not. He claimed it wasn't hockey related. He claimed it, he was worried about the kid missing that much school. Yeah. And that he needed to be, do, he needed to do well enough in classes basically to earn the privilege of leaving that early. Yeah. I, yeah. I got a good laugh out of that. Like, like, like Mel actually cares about the kid's future. <laughs> Uh, so the only other college hockey game that actually happened this weekend was Bowling Green playing Adrian, a D3 school out of Michigan. And it was the first opportunity for uh, Gavin Gould, right? Gavin? That's the right yep. Gould, right? I think so. Yep. Uh, Gav- that's the first opportunity for... What's that? We've, there's only been two so far, right? Yeah. Okay. Malcolm's I, I get, the older I one, get right? Confused with these like multiple players with the same name and how many we've had of each. So, yeah. So uh, Galvin Gould, that's his first game for BGSU after sitting out last year, and he played against Andrew Blount, who transferred out of Tech to Adrian. 
Did he actually play? I'm looking at their roster. I don't actually see him on the roster on on uh, College Hockey News. Who? Gould. I don't see him on Bowling Green's yeah, roster. Yeah, he, he's listed as second. Second. Uh, okay. He was plus one, and he was the number two left wing according to the line chart on College Hockey Stats. Uh, Ballant actually had an assist on three shots and was a minus one. Gould didn't have any shots. And I think Ballant had a penalty. Thought I saw him on there. Oh, Gould did too. Not a close game, not surprising since it is a D1 school versus a D3 school, but it was 6-2 to two Bowling Green. Um, not much to say there other than it's nice to see some games happening. I, Dustin, you could you can watch that one on replay on Flow if you actually signed up. Did you sign up yet? No, I haven't signed up. I haven't decided if I'm going to or not. Okay. This might not be the year to do it. It, it might be a good month to do month to month so that you don't pay for a whole year and then they right. cancel the season so, a month in. Because my guess if the season gets canceled, Flow isn't sending my money back. <laughs> no, I don't <laughs> think so. <laughs> Uh, so that's it for games that happen. Uh, the other thing was we're recording here on Monday night, which is our usual recording night, and I again forgot to ask questions for ask ask four questions. But um, the other thing that we usually try and do is is kind of go over the Joe Sean hour and with anything that we thought was interesting. Did you have any Rob? Did you get anything out of that you want to talk about? No, I think it was just a pretty basic, you know, wrap up of yeah, there's games coming, we're getting ready for games. There's a little bit about the the you know, the the COVID discussion that's pretty much dominating everything, right? Um but I didn't think there was there was nothing too ground shattering there. There was a little bit of discussion about uh Anchorage canceling and scheduling concerns due to that. Um but uh not there wasn't uh wasn't a ton there to to go over, I don't think. And granted, I listened to it at, uh, you know, one and a half speed about, you know, three minutes before we started. So it may not have absorbed well. <laughs> so the big thing that I kind of took away was somebody asked Joe how he was going to handle the extra skater this year. Did you catch that one, Rob? Yeah, I do remember him talking a little bit about that. He Did he mention there was two instead of just one? Well, he I think what Joe was talking about when he said that was... When they travel, they bring one extra D and one extra forward, and one of them dresses. Yeah, he did. He did also discuss uh, quite a bit about how he's he's having players practice multiple positions in practice, in the event that not only if there's like an injury during you know gameplay, but if someone has to drop from the roster for whatever you know reasonings in terms of COVID type stuff. Yeah. that uh, they can go ahead and be able to, you know, adapt around that. Makes sense. The, the biggest takeaway I took from that portion of the show about that question was that he kind of singled out Jed Piedla as being a potential Chris Leibinger clone, being that forward slash D player in the extra skater role. Which I thought was kind of interesting because I've always kind of looked as Jed Piedla being more of a depth guy than anything else. But if if he, you know, Joe mentioned that Jed played forward before transitioning to be a defenseman later in his career. So it's possible that that's something he could kind of grow into 
over time, but yeah, it'd be good and to get a player also, like that again. Yeah, that seems, it'd be nice to have somebody like that. It seems like the type of player that Joe has a way to excel with. Like he knows how to use that type of player. I agree. And then he also mentioned how last year the team used that extra skater as a defenseman for coverage for like an injury or an ejection. And now he's leaning more towards that being a forward because he feels stronger about the depth at defense that the top six, if somebody got injured or kicked out, that a lot of those guys can handle playing the 20-some minutes a game or 25 minutes a game, that he's got more depth and, and feels like the quality's there, that a lot of those guys are going to be expected to play a lot, that that losing one defenseman isn't probably going to be as hampering as it has been in the past. So he'll take that opportunity now to use that last position to either be more of a forward role player or as a developmental tool to get somebody some minutes without giving him too much responsibility, which I think that's a good use of it when you feel comfortable with the defensive depth. Um, But yeah, that was the big thing I took away. Otherwise, a lot of it was just talking about schedule things that we can't, there isn't a whole lot to talk about or just rehashing some other things that I don't, feel that worried about i know they talked about the jerseys a lot but we kind of beat that to death last week we don't need to go there yeah the one thing that was interesting on that was that he did mention he wasn't sure whether or not they'd use them this year was one of his little corpse or uh things he said about that because they're not sure whether or not they're gonna celebrate the 100th season was one of the i wouldn't be surprised if they just end up wearing them both years yeah that would make more sense it makes sense to me that they'll just wear them they'll wear them this year and then wear them next year so that fans can actually be in the stands to watch and them. see them. them, yeah. That's my guess of what will happen. And then they get two years' use out of them and can still auction them off or whatever if they want, you know. So that'll be interesting to see, too, if what happens with that. I mean, I don't really think there was anything else we want to talk about there. I guess I can, just for a little tidbit, we don't need to go into too much detail, and I'll kind of throw this in on the liner or the the outro too but to kind of follow up on the jerseys we are going to put together a jersey order i am still working on pricing because things have changed a little bit this year and they actually changed last year but we didn't do an order last year so i didn't know i'm working on pricing we will be putting in a jersey order we will be ordering the 100th season jersey I don't know if we'll be ordering anything else, but if you're interested in ordering any of Michigan Tech's jerseys, go to jerseys.techhockeyguide.com and fill out the form, and we'll go from there. But we're definitely ordering that. We've got like 100, and we're pushing 200 people that want to buy that jersey, so it's happening. That's about it. So then the last thing we can do here is kind of do a preview of the Lake State series. We've got uh, Michigan Tech going into the Sioux Saturday, Sunday to face former assistant Damon Witten and the Lakers. Anything you guys want to say? All I know is trying to find it on any schedule where it's listed as non-conference is screwing with my brain. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we used to play them in non-conference. It's not that. uh, Right. 
It wasn't that long ago. Yeah. Um, I think I think it's going to be a pretty evenly matched series. These two teams seem to be fairly evenly matched. I mean, there's a lot of close games between them. It doesn't seem like... Lake State like, was picked to finish six, so yeah. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I think it'll be fairly evenly matched, and it should be a good series. I think you're right. I'm just looking forward to actually watching some hockey. Um, it sucks that there's going to be no fans, but I am curious how much we're going to be able to hear of actual on-ice chatter. So I think that's going to be interesting to see how that kind of plays out from a fan-watching perspective. Yeah, is, is Flo censored at all, or are we going to be able to hear every F-bomb? I, I don't know, right? I mean, that's been one of the uh, interesting things uh, in watching you know soccer games is that you can hear everything. So I, I am really curious how, how that's going to work out from the perspective of, of Flo. Yeah. Yeah. That might be worth a month's subscription. <laughs> Probably not a bad idea to check it out, Dustin. Well, you know, I got my new office set up. I have a TV sitting in here, so even if you know, I have meetings on meetings during the day, I can throw a game on, replay game on, and not have sound on. And I don't know. It might be a good thing. Yeah. So it looks like. But the Lakers lost Hummets, and he's and Sackerman. Everybody else went Gensler or Gelsinger. Pretty like that junior class is or the now senior class is pretty important to them. Some couple young guys. I do think it should be a good series. We know in the past that Dustin, you kind of touched on this that the the two teams always seem to play. At least recently, it's been a pretty competitive matchup, even when we didn't think it necessarily should be. They found a way to to play Michigan Tech well. It's I think it's a good tune-up to see just where you're at. It's not like you're playing a Huntsville team or an Anchorage team that you're expecting to dominate and they might... Uh, steal some points or something where I think this is a game where you know they're picked to finish six we're picked to finish fourth or fifth so Michigan Tech should be going into this expecting a challenge and see what they can do I'm sure it'll be interesting I would think for tech fa- or tech players to play especially some places close as the Sioux and not hear tech cowbells or hear tech chance and that kind of stuff they've always had that advantage pretty much anywhere they've gone so i i'm intrigued to see like you said what the experience is like for us how much we can hear and also i think it'll be really interesting to see like i i'm looking forward to kind of asking joe next week before the show like to get him to ask answer on the show like what was it like playing in an empty rink without, you know, the tech fans showing up and being loud. And I know Joe touched on that a little bit at the on the show today about how how much the he he reminds the players to like thank us when we come to games and and make a point of you know, giving us a stick tap or whatever because we showed up and are being loud and all that stuff. So it 
it'll definitely be interesting to see what that experience is like for us and to kind of get some info from the coach about what what the experience was like for them to play in an empty building because we've played in empty buildings before but there's still always a dozen tech fans making a lot of noise even if it's pretty much empty otherwise so yeah, it'll like definitely be Bemidji. a different experience for tech fans no, like yeah. Bemidji a few years ago was, there's like six of six people there and everybody in Bemidji sat on their hands yep I don't really have anything else you guys have anything you want to talk about no I, I think I'm just ready for hockey to start in its weird way we don't really have any like talking points when we don't know we don't know where the team looks good we don't know where the team looks bad you know this first week of the season is out is always going to be tough just don't know just don't know what to expect all right well that should do it for this episode of the chasing mcnaughton podcast please check out our patreon and join by visiting patreon.com slash tech hockey guide patrons at the black level or above receive an authentic mtu jersey patch and access to extra podcast content including extended versions of every podcast Patrons at the white level or above get access to the monthly Zoom chat featuring guests like John Scott, Joe Sean, and more to come. I think we're actually going to try and see if we can get uh, Brad Patterson on to talk a little junior hockey for us. Uh, follow us on Twitter at ChasingMacPod or at Tech Hockey Guide. Uh, Tech Hockey Guide is working on an authentic MTU jersey order with the addition of the new 100th season jersey. If you're interested in buying an authentic jersey, check out jerseys.techhockeyguide.com. You can submit questions through our email address, chasingmac at techhockeyguide.com, or send a voice message directly at anchor.fm slash chasingmacpod. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Google, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you can't find the podcast on your site of choice, please let us know and we'll make it happen. The more you rate, review, and share, the more people we can reach. So tell your friends. As always, special thanks to Mitch Lake for recording our introduction and our patron saint, Doc McResin, for his generous donation to get this thing running. We hope you enjoy. Also, thanks to the thank you notes for all the bumpers in this week's episode. If you like what you hear, check them out at thankyounotes.bandcamp.com God bless the well-read impoverished the lonely crackerjack rappers certified phony baloney eating greasy face watermelon spitters to the lean cuisine mothers eating ATV dinners bless the sinners saints Pacified punks in the quiet and the quaint. If you're late and lethargic and you always want to start it, maybe the 10% of your brain that you use is retarded. Well, I started and I just analyzed the issue. I agree with your mothers. We need tissue. I bet your mother miss you. And if she don't, then it kills you from the bone to the gristle. Of this country. 
to stand up and be counted. What is it? Why don't it listen? Why does it get burnt? Every time it's in the kitchen, flipping on the other side of the story. When it's daytime TV, it's Montel, it's Maury. It's your crack addicted mom, the smack up in her arm, the devil inside of you saying, be calm. Catching visions of the life that's in front of you, it's the angel inside of you saying, what the fuck you gonna do? It's mescal, oxy, appliant, epoxy, the pressure from your lover, telling them, get off me, it's your coffee breath. Lost the war, it's the loss, it's Afghanistan, and it's the overall cause.